Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah. We declare that we are victorious in Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, that He will complete the work that He has started in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we have everything that we need in Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, we declare to you, devil, but we declare to ourselves that we are moving forward. Hallelujah. We will not be stuck in the past. We will not be stuck in the present. But we are moving forward in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. Turn around, shake hands, hug a neck. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a couple of announcements I want to make to you. and um, Jill's going to talk about helping hands, but I'm going to do that at the end of the service so it's fresh in their mind when they leave. Um, so, Danny, when you come up, Jill will come up with you and, and speak about that. Um, but the 26th and the 27th is the men's conference. Um, it's a Friday night. We would need to leave um, probably... We need to get there by 4, so we would need to leave about 2 o'clock um, to get there by 4 where we can register and have dinner. It's And then we leave Saturday morning like at um, 11 or 12 o'clock, so they don't keep you a long time. It's $79 for the registration. If you're interested in going, um, see me, write your name on a paper or something. I won't remember uh, if you just tell me. But write your name down, let's get it, and we'll have to pre-register and stuff like that so we can get information to you. Um, the speakers will be great, I promise you. $79 includes your meals, includes your night stay, so it's a, it's a total package. It's, um, if, the, if the money would stop you from going, um, you, you see me on that too. Um, also, the Africa trip, you know, we started taking some funds um, last week to help um, the Browns um, going back to Tanzania and to complete what they're doing. They're providing food. They're providing teachers. Uh, the need over there is so great, but they're very selective in what they try to do. Um, we collected about $600, which tells me you forgot. Um, I, I believe that the Lord put a number in my mind that's 10 times that amount that we're supposed to give to them. Um, so we're going to extend it one more week. I wish that you would really pray about this, consider what you should do, and plant a seed in this. It, it, I promise you it's a very fruitful harvest. It's a seed that, that will come back to you many times. So um, turning your Bibles to John chapter 15. We started a series a couple of weeks ago. On the Holy Spirit, where God um, come to judge us on sin and righteousness and judgment. Um, then last week we started in John 15. It's a continuance. I told the Sunday school class today, you need to realize that the numbers, uh, the chapters and the numbers are not, were not there when it was written. It's not original. Um, they came through because they was trying to make it to where you could find where this was at and memorize it and do, and so they put the chapters and they tried to break it up in chapters and verse. Sometimes that just breaks your thought. And so you've got to get in context and you got to get who's he speaking to. Uh, so this actually, this passage starts in chapter 14 when he's dealing with his disciples and he's telling them that he's got to go away. But it's actually going to be a good thing for them. And so he's going to leave, but he's going to send somebody of the same kind. 
And that's the Spirit of God um, back to them. So today we're going to read John chapter 15, verses 8 through 17. He says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You realize he said something three times in that one verse? I'm telling you, when Jesus says something three times, you better take notice. Abide in my love, abide in my love, abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all the things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it. These things I command you, that you love one another. Father God, we come before you today seeking clarification of the word of god i ask lord that you would take this word that we just read and help us to divide it correctly lord to apply it to our life to hear what you are saying to the body of christ of which that's who we are so father i pray right now that my heart And that my ears of understanding would be open to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through this spiritual book. God, help me not just to glean from this in a physical manner, but help me to glean from this in a spiritual manner. That I would hear the heart and soul of Jesus right now speaking this this word to me. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For you are my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to go back for just a second and tell you, last week we talked on the first seven verses or so. And he starts off by saying, I'm the vine. That's the last of the seven I am's. And so... This is really important that you know that only the book of John records the seven I am's. The other gospels do not record this. I I was sitting there worshiping the Lord and a thought occurred to me how Jesus declares himself the seven I am's. Do you know also in the book of Isaiah and in the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about the spirit of God and it says the seven spirits of God. Now, there is one Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, but He is dividing it into the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of revelation. So He he gives the characteristics of the one Spirit of God. And this is exactly what Jesus is doing. I've never done this, but I'd like to take this and lay it over each other and see how the seven I am's cooperate and coordinate with the seven spirits wouldn't that be fascinating i think i'm gonna have to do that this week just see how they relate to each other i just there's got to be something there don't you think and so he says now why am i bringing this to you again some of you have difficulty praying and this is a way that you can pray in other words you can pray through the seven I am's to Jesus. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you are the bread of life. That all, everything I need to sustain me comes through you. I'm thankful, Lord, that you are the light of the world, right? That you light my way, that you give me wisdom and clarification, that you lead me and guide me because your light is shed abroad on me, right? And then he goes on, I have to look, cheat just a little bit. I have to keep it up in my mind. Where's he's at? And then he says, I am the good shepherd in chapter 10. In other words, I protect my sheep. I watch over my, and you are the sheep. 
I protect them and I open up things. I provide for them everything they need. I do for my sheep. I, I, I anoint their head with oil. I, you know, I just take care of my sheep because I am the good shepherd. And the, my favorite is I am the gate. I am the door, he says. I love that because no, I've never heard anybody in my 62 years say, hey, I'm the door. You know, I mean, who says that about yourself? I'm the door. In other words, Jesus is declaring, I am the way. I, I am the entrance to everything good that the Father has for you. I'm the, I'm the door. But I'm also the door of safety. See, he can close that door when the enemy comes knocking. Hallelujah. Because he is our door. He is our gate. He will protect us because he's a good shepherd. Then he tells Mary and Martha, I'm the resurrection. Hallelujah. He didn't just resurrect. He is the resurrection. And guess what? The same power that rose Jesus from the dead now resides in you. He says, I'm, I'm the dynamite that you need in your body, right? I'm the resurrection and the life. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We sing this song, The Waymaker. The reason we can sing about Jesus being the waymaker is because He is the way. If He's the way, He'll make a way for you. Bless the Lord. Then the last one is in John 15. He says, I'm the vine. I am the nourishment that you need to grow in God. I'm already tired. So, I know a lot of you grew up in a different denomination that taught you, you pray this prayer, and then you got your ticket punched for the rest of your life. And, and I'm, not, I'm not making fun of that doctrine at all. You know, honestly, I hope they're right. I sincerely hope they're right. But I don't believe it. I believe that you have to walk in this. I believe you have to walk. He who endures to the end shall be saved is what Scripture says. Hebrews is all about apostasy, people leaving out, leaving. I believe Jesus never forsakes you. Your salvation is sound in Him. I'm not worried about Jesus. I'm worried about you. You've got to continue in this. And that's what this is all about. I'm the vine. But when you get cut off from the vine, you're going to start dying. So people hear this message that I preach and they hear condemnation sometimes. They hear and they start asking these questions and they're asking the wrong questions. Well, at when do I lose my salvation? Uh, how far do I, how far can I go before I, I've lost it? How, how much sin can I enjoy and still go to heaven is basically what they're saying. And you're asking the wrong questions. What your question ought to be is how close to God can I live? How, how, how connected can I stay in Christ? And so the first seven verses of this thing starts off and it sounds like, ooh, that's a hard God until you get to verse 8 and 9. And where he says, you know, I'm preaching my sermon way too fast, but he says, I'm the vine, right? I'm the vine. You've got to stay connected to the presence of God. But I love today's sermon. But you also got to stay connected to the love of God. Abide. Did you get it? Three times he said the same thing. He says, abide in the vine. But three times he says, abide in my love. You know, I find that Christians are really easy, especially us that are given to legalism. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. I heard one preacher say just a few days ago, I'm a recovering legalist. Hallelujah. <laughs> that qualifies me, I promise you. But if we abide in his love, you quit asking those questions, how far from the vine can I live? And you start asking these questions like, how close can I get? What will God do in me if I just dwell in him all my life? Right? That's the questions that we need to ask ourselves today. Abiding in the love of God. And we know that... <coughs> He says in verse 8, it glorifies the Father. 
What, what glorifies the Father? It glorifies the Father when you dwell in the presence of God. Because one, it makes you fruitful. And fruitful, I believe, is having the fruit of the Spirit, walking in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, all those things that he says we could have that are totally opposite according to the nature, the selfish nature of man. We can have these things, but it also, one of the things of fruitfulness is to be an effective prayer warrior for Christ. To know that you know that you know that when I pray, when I lift my voice, He turns His ear towards me. I hope you know that. If you're Pentecost, if you were raised like me, you don't think He hears you unless you get a goosebump somewhere on your body. And that ain't true. You can feel nothing. Have you ever heard somebody said, well, I think that prayer just hit the ceiling and came back down on me. That's nonsense. That's straight from the pit of hell. The Bible says that our prayers are stored up in heaven. And long after you're dead and gone, God may still be answering your prayer. Why? Because it glorifies the Father. What, what does glorify means? Glorify means to give God the reverence and the worship that He deserves. It glorifies God for you to abide in the vine so that when you lay your hands on people, when you pray the prayer of faith, the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. We are not twisting God's arm. And so we don't fast to twist his arm to say, God, I'm fasting. I've given up food. You got to hear me now. You got it all backwards. God is still that God that's waiting on the, the high place looking for the sun to come home. Hallelujah. He's a compassionate dad. He loves us and it glorifies him to see you doing well. Mm -mm -mm. Does that mess with your theology? Do you think it glorifies God when he brings out the big switch? Because God's just waiting for you to mess up so he can tangle you once. Right? You got your theology wrong. If we only... And, and this is what he knows. He knows human nature enough to know that we're going to get this wrong. So he says three times in one verse, not only should you have abide in the vine, which is my presence, but you've got to abide in my love. Whoo! Abide means to dwell. To dwell in a place, listen to these next couple of words, or a relationship. You need to dwell in your marriage. You need to abide in your marriage. You need to abide in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Quit looking for another source of joy. You will not find it. You will not find another source of wisdom. You will not find another source of life. There is one source. He is the gate. He's the door. He's the vine. Are, are you getting this? There's one way, only one way to be successful in this life, and it's through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He says, abide in my love. Love is sacrificially placing someone else's desires before your own. If you're not married, you may not know that. <laughs> when you get married, you'll learn that real quick. Our relationship with God is never static. It's never right here. You hear me? Look, look at me close. Your relationship with God is not just hovering. It's going up. It's going down. It's moving. It's moving. Here's what we want. We want our relationship with God going like this. It's, this scares me. Right? Because people that do this, do this. But people that have a slow incline towards God, they're slowly moving towards the truth. Does this make sense to you? It's not based on emotionalism. And I'm an emotional person. You know that. 
take me to a ball game. Hallelujah, wouldn't I embarrass you? <laughs> Say, you embarrass us in church, much less a ball game. <laughs> so love, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. I, I'm just quoting this to you because you need to analyze, am I loving? Well, are you patient? Ooh, that just knocked out a bunch of you, didn't it? Bless God. Now you're repenting instead of listening. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy or parade itself. It's not puffed up. It's not rude. It does not seek its own way. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil or rejoices not in iniquity. But love rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Now listen to these three words that God had the audacity to write. Love never fails. Woo! That's powerful. You're struggling at work with a, with a co-worker? Three words. Love never fails. You're struggling with your children. You're struggling with your spouse. You're struggling with me. Hallelujah. Love never fails. Love them into the kingdom, folks. I believe that we know that here, but it's a long distance from here to here. I Today, I want you to get something out of your mind and get it into your heart. What? That God is love. He's the one that said it in 1 John. He literally describes himself by saying, I am love. <laughs> how, how can we be so hateful as God's people? Say, well, we're not like that. I'm just going to bring up one little issue to you. And I want you to check your heart. What's happening on the Mexico-Texas border? Is it right? No, it ain't right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying God loves those people. And I'm not saying that we should, let's just open up. No, no, no. Don't, don't hear me say that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, don't get mad at those people. Pray for those people. Because God loves those people. What they're doing is not right. But do you realize how desperately they're wanting a new way? Now, see, we know that really the true way of love is through Christ, but maybe they don't know that. You know what? I, I find the news tries to create hatred. They try to create all kinds of division. But God's Word does not do that. God's Word, God's Word creates love and love for mankind, love for each other. I want to read some verses to you. God is love means God continually gives of himself to others and seeks their benefits. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23 says, Through the Lord's mercy we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's the love of God shown in his mercy. Romans 5, 5 and verse 8 says, Now hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, what's a sinner? Someone that hates God. When we were hating God, Christ died for us. He did not wait for you to get your head on straight. He did not wait for you to declare that maybe he really is Lord. When you were speaking curses to him, he died for you. Oh, the love of God. First John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Just the very fact that you are called His child shows the love of God. Oh, man. This morning in Sunday school, you knew I was going to do this, didn't you, John? John or James chapter 1, verse 18. He says, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. This is the NLT version. 
And we, we, every one of us, out of all the creation, became his prized possession. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's workmanship, created for good work. In other words, you are the opus of God. You are the greatest, the highest creation that God could create is mankind. That's how much He loves you. The fact that He would put His Spirit inside of you shows how much He loves us. 1 John 4, 7 and 10, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest towards us, that God sent His only Son, His only begotten Son, into the world, that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. Propitiation means the atoning sacrifice. He is what we need to bring us back into fellowship with God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, 5, But God, I love those two words. But God, hallelujah, I was on this way of destruction and death headed for a hell. But God, hallelujah, but God. And the next few, who is rich in mercy and grace, bless the Lord. He didn't have to, he chose to. Hallelujah. But God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Chapter 3, verse 17 through 19 in the same book. That Christ might dwell in your heart through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. That's what I'm trying to do today. I'm trying to get you to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm telling you, God is not the one to be shunned. God is the one we run to. So when you hear this this chapter, when you read this chapter, you don't see that God is wanting to cut some of us out. God is giving us the wisdom to stay connected so that we are victorious in this life. Why is it human nature that when we find something that is successful, we, we leave it? We move away from it. Guys, you have found the truth. And the truth is, is Jesus. Now don't let it go. You, you get me? Don't let him go. Then he makes this statement, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I've told you before, but all my life growing up, when I heard that, I heard that as a threat. If you love me, you better keep my commandments. Sort of like mama used to tell me, you know, you better do what I'm saying. I know how to spank you. Yes, you do, mama. (laughs) I know you do. And that is not. He is just making a statement. Come on. Think about this. This is a good way for you to analyze where am I at today in the, in the Lord. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I don't know how far to go down this road because I don't want to embarrass my wife. <laughs> you, you haven't heard this thing. <clears throat> when we were dating... And the closer we got to marriage, the more the temptation was to start the honeymoon early. (laughs) Is that as polite as I can say it? But the thing that kept us pure was not me. It was her. And it was the love of her father. Are you getting this? She told me one time, she said, Eric, I can't imagine standing before my dad. And saying, Daddy, I'm pregnant. Now, I'm not trying to embarrass my wife. But it was that love relationship with her dad. It was the respect 
the fear of her dad, the awe, that it kept a certain amount of purity with us. And that's exactly what the love of God will do in your heart. Because you love him, you want to please him. And so, you get it? So he's not trying to exclude you. He's trying to include you. And he said, when you're included, when you're abiding in my love, you're going to keep my commandments. So what commandments are you talking about? Are you talking about the big 10? I don't, I don't see any of those commandments that we shouldn't do. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not commit uh, uh, adultery. Thou shall not. I, I think that's pretty good. Even the one that says, keep the Sabbath. I think there's real wisdom in that, that God is saying, not for him, but for us. There ought to be a day when you lay it all down and rest. Bless God, I'm preaching to myself now. <clears throat> there's no way this is threatening. But you got to know, when they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? How he answered. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He said, but there's a second one that's very similar to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And in these two commandments hang all the words of the prophets and all the other commandments. Folks, in other words, Jesus was saying, let's simplify this. Let's get it so simple that all of us can understand. Here's the royal law of God. Love me. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor that's crossing the border illegally. The ones that the news says we ought to hate them. They're destroying our world. You know that's fear. I'm not promoting an illegal way. I'm not promoting that. But what I am saying is let's analyze what's going on in our heart. Let's see if we're really walking in the love of God. A lawyer came to Christ and he tried to justify himself when Jesus was talking about this. And he says, you need to love your neighbor. And the lawyer trying to just, the scripture literally says this, trying to justify himself. He says, well, then who is my neighbor? You know what story we get after that? The Good Samaritan. He said there was a man going down to Jericho. It literally was down. It, it, it declined down to Jericho. I mean, every word that Jesus says is so precise. It's so accurate. This man was going from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he fell among thieves and they beat him up and they robbed him. They left him nearly dead. And the priest came. Oh, the priest, the preacher. He came and he looked at him and he literally says he crossed to the other side of the road. I don't want to get close to that. And then the Levite came. Who's the Levite? The Levites are the guys that work in the temple preparing it for the priest. Who are very legalistic because they can't touch blood. They can't touch dead things. They can't do this and they can't do... And they never get to the Spirit of God because they're walking in the law of God. That's right. That's right. He said, oh, I can't touch that. But then there was a Samaritan, which the Jews thought were dogs. Very prejudicial towards them. No good Samaritan half-breed. You know what the Samaritan is? It's the American that's who we are. We're half-breeds. Right? We are a nation of immigrants. And how, how can we get so judgmental from those who's trying to come in when we came in? You might be second or third generation, but your, your great, 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 great granddaddy, mine came from Ireland. We're all, we're, we are a mixing pot. Haven't you heard that? Melting pot, sorry. Mixing, melting. We're mixing it and then we're melting it. <laughs> that Samaritan that nobody thought much of saw that guy. The Bible says he had compassion. It wasn't his next door neighbor. Jesus says, that's your neighbor. Your neighbor is the guy that you need to have compassion he saw him. He didn't see. He didn't see through his legalistic eyes. He saw through eyes of love, through eyes of compassion. 
And he said, I can help that one. Folks, this is the, this is the word. This is what God means when he says, be loving. Love one another. I don't want to get too nosy. (laughs) I just ask you to give an offering for Africa. You don't know Africa. Most of you never been there. Why should you give? One, can you give? Do you have a little excess? Can you give to help a brother that you've never met? A very, very poor... You get what I'm saying? He goes on, he says, if we're abiding in His presence and we're abiding in His love, it's going to be proven in our character of, of completing the commandments of God. And then the results of that is this. So if you're walking in this love, here's the results. My joy, this is Jesus speaking, my joy is going to be in you. Now, you got to get this. It's not your joy. It's his joy. But I'm going to tell you, I'd rather have Jesus' joy than my joy. Jesus says, I'll endure the cross for the joy that's set before me. Who's that? That's you. So that when Jesus could go to the cross, he could go to the cross because he says, there's so many people that this is going to bring back into relationship with the Father. So he endured something awfully painful for himself, for you. Are you doing that? Now listen, we, we talk about joy, but the, the world doesn't know what joy is. They, they have no idea that joy and happiness in the world are synonymous. I, I could just call your names right now. I, I won't do it because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I could call, I could call ten people right now that say, you're probably not, in the last two weeks, you wasn't very happy. Why? Because you've been going through hell and back. Because you've been worried, you've been anxious about, about a son, about a daughter, about something that you're going through and it's had you majorly concerned. So that wasn't a happy time. When Dylan was in the hospital close to death, it ain't happy. But you can be joyful. In all things, when the, when the devil turns the heat up, you can still be joyful because you know God's in control. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail of my life. I don't understand what's going on, but I know you're in control. Hallelujah. He says, it's the, listen to these, I love these words. It's the settled assurance. It's the quiet confidence that ultimately everything's going to be okay. Even if it doesn't go the way you think it should go, it's okay. Because the judgments of the Lord are right and righteous altogether is what the psalmist says. When Bob Tyler died, it bothered me. I mean, it bothered me. I love that man. When Peg died, it bothered me. Man, it, but I, you gotta pull your act together. You gotta pull your thoughts together and say, God is in control. God will not second guess the judgments of God. Cause it's right. It's right every time. He never misses it. It's the settled assurance. It's the quiet confidence. And this is the part I like. It's the determined choice to praise God in every situation. And that is joy. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And when you abide, when you abide in the nourishment and the vine, you abide in His love, The result of that is joy that will carry you through hell and back. Are you getting this? I'm telling you, God says, you're in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I don't know one saint of God that doesn't fight the devil on a regular basis. 
We need to quit running and stop and stand and fight and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, this last portion of Scripture, and I'm going to be closing. I wanted you to catch the intimate language of this. He says, all through Scripture, he calls them servants. All through the Scripture, you're my servants, you're my bond servants. You, you do what I say. And here, he changes it. He says, I no longer call you my servants. Because a servant doesn't know what the daddy's doing. I'm calling you friends because everything that he told me that he was going to do, I have told you. That's the intimacy of walking in the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God wants to reveal to us what we're getting ready to go through and how to win that battle. So therefore, quit being afraid of the Spirit of God and lean into the Spirit of God so he can tell you things that you need to know. I no longer call you servants. You know, the Bible says, I think it's Romans 8, that the Spirit searches the mind of the Father and reveals it to us. Every Saturday night when we get together and we begin to pray, I start the prayer out like this. Father, reveal to us what you want us to pray for. See, we're here as intercessors on Saturday night. I'm going to come back and... Scold you for a second. It's just what pastors do. I was sitting here last night and I thought, what's the average age of the people that come to Saturday night prayer? They're praying and I'm thinking, you know, the kid on the block, the young one is Shay Smith and she's a grandma. And I think I'm next. Maybe I'm not wrong. <laughs> but those that consistently come, the old man. <laughs> turns 86 in about two weeks. Hallelujah. Folks, it's time some of you young ones listen to the voice of the Lord. And become intercessors for the kingdom of God. God wants to use you. I'm thankful for those that come to Saturday night prayer. But really, 20? I wasn't even 20 last night. I'm not scolding you. I'm in, my, in my warped way, I'm trying to encourage you. I know sometimes I encourage you with a foot in the backside, don't I? Yeah, you should have grew up in my household. My kids really love me. <laughs> Number one, he goes on, he says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Now he's talking to the disciples. It's very true for the disciples, but it's also true for us because we are a disciple. It's not that you got so smart one day that you said, you know what, I think I need to serve Jesus. No, no, the Holy Spirit started drawing you long before you even recognized that he was on the scene. Number two, he's chosen us to bear fruit and the fruit that will remain and then he makes another declaration. He says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it. <laughs> I do not know how God can blanketly put those statements. Because I believe every word is true. I believe the Bible says that, that God watches over his word to perform it. So when God makes a promise like this, he's got to back it up. He can't just say something and then say, oh, I was just teasing. No, he ain't teasing. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll give it to you. That's a, a blanket promise to the believer, to those that are connected to the vine and, and walking in His love. And then He ends it by saying, now you love one another. <laughs> Do you know what Satan's heyday is? When he gets the church divided over the color of carpet. That's why we didn't put it down. We just thought, 
what's the ugliest thing we can do to our floor and everybody's going to hate it? Well, let's just do this. Let's just paint it a good old ugly brown and then put some shiny spots in it. <laughs> I figure if you make everybody mad, you, you, that's, that's a pretty good place, right? Do you realize how silly we have allowed Satan to divide us? Do you know that most fights in the home are just silly? Slide statement. Love one another. Sacrificially. Consider. Put the other person first. You know, in the last month or so, I've been so proud of this church. Because I've been hearing reports that someone was sick and and I knew two or three of you called them. Not I called them. You called them. I just want to check on you. Make sure you're okay. You, you wasn't here. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe you just got lazy. I don't know. I'm not here to judge you. I just wanted to let you know you were missed. Folks, that's loving one another. Loving one another is when someone can't mow their yard, you go mow their yard. I'm like, Come on. It's just, it's just downright simple. Don't, don't just say you love me. Do love. Let it show up in your actions. This is it. This is the gospel in a nutshell. You want to know if you're abiding in the vine? Are you loving? Are you walking in judgment? I can't answer that for you. Tell you what. You want to know? Ask your co-workers. Hey, am I walking in love towards you? And if they're brazen, they may say, you're the hatefulest thing I've ever worked with in my life. <laughs> then you know you got some work to do. Right? But hopefully they'll say, I've enjoyed working with you. Because you're always, you're always loving even when I'm having a bad day, I like to be with you because you seem like you're always up. Let me, let me just say this. There are no people that are always up. There are people that know who they are in Christ. You get it? There's people that know their identity is not based on their circumstances. It's based in Jesus Christ. And he said, I am a conqueror and you're going to conquer. And if I've started a work in you, I'll complete the work in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That I can do all things through Christ. You know what it says earlier in this chapter? It says you can do nothing without me. But in Philippians, he said, but I can do all things through Christ. Now there's two words. By myself, nothing with him, everything. I'm preaching another sermon, ain't I? Stand with me. I'll ask Denny and Jill to come forward. They're going to make an announcement. But before we, before I shut up, I preached the Word of God to you, folks. I wasn't going for that, but it's always welcomed. <laughs> I preached the word of God to you, so now you have to deal with it. You got to deal with this. You, you need to be asking yourself: Am I am I a loving person, or am I the am I the stir at work? There's always one trying to stir something up, right? Don't be that person. Be the person that everybody walks to. When they're having a bad day. Because they know you got words of life. Are you loving people? Is the Holy Spirit, while I've been preaching, has the Holy Spirit just like identified something in your heart that says, boy, that ain't loving. Then you have something you get to repent of today. And the Holy Spirit saying, let's get rid of it. Are you hear me? I mean this. The Holy Spirit is a, a good guy, a good God. He loves you. He wants the best for you. And when he identifies attitudes that are not right, he's saying, Can we, let's ditch it. Come on, let's, let's get rid of it today. Would you bow your head? Close your eyes.
Are you brave enough to pray that? Are you brave enough to pray, Spirit of God, I give you the authority to identify attitudes in my heart that are not right so I can get rid of them. I want to abide not only in the vine, I want to abide in the love of God. Jesus, I pray for this congregation. Lord, it's been a pretty difficult few weeks. Many, many of the families in this church have really gone through some some really difficult times. But you know, Lord, they have seen your faithfulness. And they have come through the battle victorious. And Lord, my heart as their pastor is just rejoicing with them. Father, there's some right now that are still in the battle. My brother Ron that's in the hospital and that blood count keeps going up and down. It's like Satan is toying with him. Father, I declare the victory over our brother Ron. I declare that he is healed in Jesus' name and all the infection has to leave his body in Jesus' name. We believe for your healing touch, your life-giving force and source to be flowing through him in Jesus' name. We call Glenn healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Those that are battling sickness, those that are battling cancer, Father, you're greater than cancer, and I thank you for that. God, they've gone through the battle, Lord, and their bodies are wore down. And I pray, God, that you would rejuvenate their strength in Jesus' name. God, I pray for that person that's hearing me right now that's on the verge, that's on the edge. That is not really saying it out loud, but in their mind they're saying, I just don't know that I can trust Him. I pray, God, show them your overwhelming love for them. May they know your goodness, despite what the church has said sometimes. Let them know how loving you are, how good you are, and how much you want them to to win, to walk into heaven one day. And reign and rule with Him. God, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that does not know You as their Savior, I pray, God, right now, they would, Lord, just ask You to forgive them of all their sins, come into their heart and life, and that they will follow You. Jesus, I thank You for Your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.